Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Exodus 3 and 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said... I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Now, these first three verses, it presents the circumstances of Moses' call by God after 40 years training in the courts of Pharaoh. Moses is about to end another 40 years of his life as a shepherd. He's 80 now. So as we see, he's leading his father-in-law's flock in search of grassland. Now, leading a flock seems to be a seemingly kind of a small thing when you look at it is just a mere detail in the text but let's recognize real quick the importance of this first off God has a tremendous love of shepherds we see that all through the Bible Jesus said he is the good shepherd King David was first a shepherd and now Moses is a shepherd here in chapter 3 we had seen that Moses had a lot of educating in the Egyptian ways for his first 40 years In Exodus 2, we recall the Bible said that when Moses was grown, he killed the Egyptian for the beating the Hebrew and secretly buried him in the sand. Now, if you look at Stephen's telling of the same story in Acts 7.23, Stephen says Moses was 40 years old when this happened. And so then if you skip down to Acts 7.29, Stephen explains what happened afterwards. So I'm going to show you Acts 7.29. Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian where he had two sons. And when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. So Moses had his first 40 years educated in Egypt. Now Moses was going through his second 40 years being educated as a shepherd. Shepherds were considered the lowest in that society. They were like nothing. You're a shepherd, you're like way down here. Remember, David wasn't even invited when Samuel showed up to determine which of the brothers was to be king because he was out in the field as a shepherd. He's too low. He can't be the king, right? But when God refused all David's brothers as king, David comes up and God goes, that's the guy I want. There's something about shepherds that God loves the way a shepherd is. What is it? It's because they're humble. They're humble. They're lower than everybody else. What if I walked in here, all right, I'm the pastor. I'm above all y'all, and I acted like it, and I thought I was, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you'd want me out of here in a heartbeat, and I would deserve to be out of here too. But that's not the way it works. God likes people who are lowly. They consider everyone above them. Think of it. Somebody who thinks he's above you won't serve you, okay? And so that's why God loves shepherds. 
They're humble. And so you see in the past chapter, when Moses killed the Egyptian for beating a Hebrew, Moses was trying to be the people's deliverer when it wasn't time for him to do so yet. Back up to Acts 7.25, it says, For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. That's what Stephen said. Moses tried to fill a role before he was called by God to do it. So why did God not let Moses be Israel's deliverer at age 40? Why did God wait another 40 years for Moses to be 80 before calling him? Because God wants humble leaders. God needed to educate Moses in how to survive in the wilderness. It was going to be important in order to take the people out of Egypt. They needed a deliverer, who, a deliverer who understood leadership. And that's why Moses was placed as a shepherd. He had to lead his flock to green grass for them to survive. Now, I don't know if many of you know this or not, but the translating from the original Greek word, I think it's poimen, the Latin version becomes the word pastor. I thought that was really cool. Pastor, which means shepherd, which means one who tends or feeds a flock. And so like a shepherd, it's my job to lead you to where the good, good grass is so that you'll not stray off into what's bad. But before I could hear this call to be a shepherd, God had to first call me. I see a parallel with me and Moses here. There was a time when I was on the way up. I was working up in my career. I was the man. I was getting educated and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, all the brakes just went on. I didn't understand what happened. I couldn't do anything because God called me. He shut down everything. I was trying to get a bachelor's degree for eight years, and I couldn't get one. He shut every opportunity down. He was going to lead me back the other way. Like Moses, I didn't hear the call of God until God put me through a lot of time of being humbled first. You see, Moses was big stuff in Egypt. He was educated, the Bible says, but now he's getting an education from God. One that is fitting for his calling because Moses is about to have to lead the Israelites out in the desert for 40 years. Now, there was a time, like I said, I, was, I thought I was the biggest, biggest thing. I had, my perception was that I was on my way up to great things. I was looking up here, way up here, that big dollar bill in the sky. That's what I was after, and that's not what God had for me, right? We men are bad about that. We always look for the money. We think that's what we're after. I didn't realize that God was going to lead me to what he thought was great. I had to be humbled first and for a long time. Before I could stand at this pulpit as a pastor, as a shepherd, for the flock that God had given me, he had to remove the prideful part of me. He had to take that out. And it took a while. Prideful men who are not humble, prideful men, they try to do for themselves. Everything is about me. It works the other way around when you're a Christian. It's nothing about you anymore. It's about everybody else. Those that live their life where everything is about them, they look for everything about me. I want what I want. And if you don't give me what I want, I'm mad at you and all this stuff. You got to get right with God, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's the other way around when you serve God. you got to be humble. I had to be humbled for a long time. And likewise here we see this of Moses. Once a big somebody, now a nobody to the world. But a great man in God's eyes. He was a great man in God's eyes because he really, really got humbled. Numbers 12.3 says, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. That is pretty humble. To be the most humble man in the earth, according to what God says. 
So now Moses is ready to be called by God to be Israel's deliverer. He's not all puffed up like the world says that a leader should be. The world's definition of leader is that you've got to be way up here and you've got all this, everybody comes to you. And no, as Christians, as leaders, we go out to them. But I really wanted to make a big point here. And so here's how I want this to apply to us. I know many of you are going through a very, very tough time. I mean, who's not? I mean, we live on a decaying world. It's just rough. That's just the way it is. Your patience is being tested. Your faith is certainly being tested. Your strength is being tested. You want to do things in your life that God just won't let you have yet. Be patient. Be patient. Let God have His time in you. Let Him have His time. You're not ready for what you think you're ready for. God's going to prepare you for what's ahead, but He won't turn you loose on it before you're ready. So instead of viewing your situation as being held back, instead look at your situation that you're being humbled down. Look at it from this perspective. God is preparing you for what you can't see coming. And only He knows how to build you up for the task that He has chosen for you to serve in. This is a test of your faith. And it'll last as long as it takes to pass. But when you come out on the other side, you'll be ready. But you'll be ready God's way not your way. Now, I knew I was going into ministry on September 11th, 2001. Yes, that day, I knew I was going into ministry. I just didn't know how. But then in 2014, see, God had to humble me first to get me ready to receive the call. But then in 2014, when I was in Israel, among Israeli believers in Jesus, I had my burning bush moment. It hit when I was called when God confirmed the call. Little did I know that within just six months of that time or so, I'd be ordained as pastor of Calvary Chapel, Beth Shalom here. I had no clue. I didn't try to make it happen. The Lord did it. But I responded to his humbling and I let him have his time with me. So, okay, wonderful for me, right? But what I'm saying for you is this. Don't let anyone tell you or cause you to doubt what God has called you to do. If right now you seem like you're going nowhere but down, don't worry about it. How long was Moses in the desert as a shepherd? Forty years. That's a long time. Don't worry if you seem like you're going nowhere. Walk in faith in God. Stay in the body of Christ. Pursue to look for Jesus and His Word and obey Him. Don't let people look at you and say, no, God can't use you. The seemingly downward spiral might actually be God building you up into a humble servant. And your present circumstances might very well be just exactly where you need to be in order to know how to face what's coming. Let God do His thing. As I always say, and I say from seeing this in God's Word and from my own experience, never limit what you think God can do based on your present circumstances. Never limit what you think God can do based on your present circumstances. Don't take a snapshot of what's happening right now and then look at God and say, you can't get me out of this. Never do that. You can't get me out of this. God has a plan for you. He loves you and He made you and set you on this earth to do great things in Jesus' name. Submit yourself to God. It'll come. Just be patient. I know it's a long process sometimes, but give Him His time. Be encouraged is what I'm trying to say. Be encouraged. Right now seems like the worst time. Ray, you couldn't have picked a worse time to try to uplift me because everything's going wrong. Well, Moses went from way up here to way down there. 
and God was building him for something coming. And it probably is the same for you. And so today, if you've been living in defeat, cast that out. Cast that defeat out. God is actually building you up for great things in Christ. As, you, as, as your shepherd, I want to lead this flock towards green grass by showing you that we serve a God of restoration and salvation. The green grass is Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, stay there. Don't get caught up in the happenings of your life and walk away. Jesus is the green grass. Let God do His mighty work in you and you will have a future. You do have a hope. And our hope is Jesus Christ. Are you encouraged today? I mean, that little bit. Are you encouraged today? Don't walk out that door the same way you came here. Go back out there in submission to God. He has wonderful things lined up for you. This is powerful, man. So back to Moses again. He'd been educated up for his first 40. Now he's a shepherd for second 40. God's about to lead the nation. As we move along, I want you to walk in parallel with Moses here. So we can apply to ourselves the same things that God does with Moses here. People say the Bible's no longer relevant. Well, it's old. It's ancient. Well, that's because they don't read it like this. They don't read it by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. The same God who we see talking to Moses is the same God in our presence right here this very minute. The same God. He's here. I'd say that makes this story quite relevant, if you ask me. (laughs) He's still here. So Moses leads the flock. He sees a burning bush and it won't burn. So he's got to see what's happening. Man, I mean, if I was there, I'd have to go look too. Why is that bush not burning up? What's interesting is that this mountain here is the same mountain where God would later give Moses the tablets. Now, fire was always indicative of God's presence. And we'll see similar instances of the fire of God's presence as we read on. Exodus 3 and 4. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Okay, i got to stop here again. Like, Ray, are we ever going to get through this book tonight? Hey, we're going to get as far as we get, okay? (laughs) He says, here I am. Here I am. Today we got people that are so busy, they're doing things that got their own life. Jesus calls that iniquity when you do your own things instead of his. And he's calling, but people are like, not right now. I'm saved, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I don't have time for God. When God calls, what should you say? Here I am. That means he had to stop what he was doing and drop everything. Here I am. You know, I I was busy with my life. I'm going to be the the top career guy of my field in radio. And God called me. Did I say here I am? No. I said, later, God, you need to help me do what I want to do. And when I get as big as I want to be, then I will acknowledge you. It's not the way it works. When God calls you, you drop everything and you say, here I am. That's what Moses said. You know, if you take your eyes off lambs for just five seconds, a wolf could come steal one. And I think some people would kind of like that with their life. Well, God, if I take my hands off my life and all my stuff for just five minutes, it'll get away from me. God, if you tell God, not right now, you don't trust he can take care of it. And Moses could have said, not right now. I, I get my eyes off these lambs. They're going to get taken. God, God's like, I got that. Don't worry about it. I'm calling you. Where are you at? Here I am. Have any of you recog- realized that this burning object was a bush. That meant it was rooted in one place. It was burning, it didn't burn up, great, but it could not move. It was a bush. You know, when God calls you to serve, 
Don't roll out your to-do list on Him. Just stop and drop what you're doing for God. You've got to stop and come to Him. He beckons us, but no, God, I'm going this way. That bush was planted. Moses had to stop and come to the bush and say, here I am. Now, I had to do that in my life too, and you can apply it to yourself in your life. God calls you. You have to stop. Not, God, come with me and we'll talk on my way. You've got to stop where you're going and go to God. Here I am. Now, I hope this doesn't make John uncomfortable for me to say this, but any time I've ever asked John to take the pulpit for a Sunday, John did not respond to me with a knee-jerk reaction of how busy he is. He's never done that. He has said something like, when do you need me? That's an equivalent of here I am. Are you willing to say this to God's call on your life? Here I am. Are you still too busy with your own things as your own priority? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and then all the rest of the things I'll give you. Are you too busy? Are you willing to say, yeah, I'll do it. Here I am. If you want to be taken care of and all these other things, don't pursue the other things first. Seek his kingdom first. Don't pursue other things first. And... The first expression of truly trusting in God is that when He calls, your answer should not be anything else but, here I am. If you try to make God fit into your schedule, you're asking God to bow to you instead of you bowing to Him. So when God calls, don't break out your busy list. Just say, here I am. Exodus 3.5 Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. You know, today people are saying that whether you're a Muslim or Christian or whatever, they're saying we all serve the same God. It's the same God. It doesn't matter what belief you're in. It's the same God. Here in verse 6, God specifically identifies himself, saying he's not just any God. He is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God here has intentionally and specifically identified himself as the God who is bringing in the Messiah through the nation of Israel. Other religions believe other things, other ways to to heaven, other ways to eternal life. God says, it's coming through Israel. I'm that God. God said it. I believe it. That settles it, right? And so in this identification, God doesn't only specify his people, but he also tells about the covenant promises that he is working through, such as King David's line to the kings uh, through which where Jesus will sit on his throne in Jerusalem. Also, the same God who said through his only begotten son... Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so although God specifies himself to a Jewish line, we who believe in Jesus can be grafted into the Jewish tree so that we can all receive eternal life too. I know it's a mouthful. But we all can be saved through Jesus Christ. So all these other religions that don't believe in this specific God, they're serving the wrong God. He specified who he was. I belong to the one true God the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Tell them which God you belong to. Don't just say God. That could be anything. Specify your God when you tell them who you serve. Tell them the name of Jesus. Don't just say God. Let them know who you serve. Be specific. Don't water it down. 
Tell them who's, who, your, who your God is. So God is specific here identifying who He is, and we should be specific in identifying Him too. If you're not specific in declaring your faith, get specific and tell the world exactly who He is. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of these men. Oh, and by the way, when it comes to saying, here I am, we can see a great picture of this with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Genesis twenty two eleven. but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am, Isaac, in Genesis 22, 7. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And for Jacob, in Genesis 46, 2, then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here I am. Twice men said to God, here I am, but in Isaac's case, he called out to his father, who said, here I am. You know what this tells me? This tells me that if we tell God our father, here I am, then when we acknowledge God as our father, then he will say back to us, here I am also. Just as Jesus said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Here I am. Exodus 3 and 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And so in Exodus 2, Moses tried to be the called before the calling. He tried to be the called before the calling. I've been with some guys in uh, Bible college, and they have all tried to do this at some point or another. They tried to have a calling before God gave it. Uh, You know, it's kind of like this. A a cell phone is unusable until you activate it, right? It's still a cell phone, but it ain't going to do anything for you until it's activated. Now, God called me, but he didn't initiate the calling until he activated me in Israel, and then it was on, okay? So then I had had it all going. So now, here it comes. Here's the calling now. God has commissioned Moses to deliver the people from Egypt, and now Moses has been activated. He's empowered by God to do this calling. You know, if you feel the call of God, it's good to trust it and be willing to let God move you in that direction for preparation. Don't try to initiate the call yourself. Wait on God's timing. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail... Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. 
This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.